When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Welcome to Giants Playoff Preview Live on The Fan. Jones takes the snap back. He's under pressure. Flush to his left. Now throws it left sideline. And did he get his feet in on the sideline? We're waiting for a signal. Yes. And the officials say yes. What a catch by Hodgins. Play fake. Jones rolls left. Throws left. Wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. And the New York Giants are on to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The home of New York Giants football is WFAN. Like you said, it's a rival game. And you you want to win those games. And I know we got an opportunity this week, this week coming up to, you know, just set them down. Here's Bob Papa and Sean O'Hara live at Hudson Hall in Jersey City. Oh, yeah, we welcome you to Jersey City and Giants Divisional Preview Live presented by Citizens. Man, not far from my old apartment on 8th Street in Hamilton Park. It's good to be back in the area. And we are all fired up, man. Giants, let's hear it, everybody. We got a great show lined up for you. We're going to be joined by Xavier McKinney via the telephone. DJ Envy is going to join us, huge Giants fan, as well as Andrew Thomas. Here on the program, and Sean, it is with great pleasure that we welcome in one of your former teammates and a two-time Super Bowl champion. Please, a round of applause for the one, the only, Brandon Jacobs. Yes, sir. What's going on? Sean, talk about this vibe right now because it's it's pretty impressive how this fan base has been unlocked by this 2022 Giants team. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, the electricity in MetLife Stadium for that Colts win, the win and in game, uh, it was it was certainly something to see, especially given what we saw last year. So it's been an unbelievable turnaround. I'm so excited for the fans. I'm so excited for this team and the players. Um, Brandon and I experienced this. You know, it's funny. Like, you play games, you win, you lose during the regular season. And when you get to the playoffs, when you win a playoff game, and all of a sudden now you feel how – behind you and you feel the support from the city you see giant stuff everywhere and i tell you you know it's jersey city whether you're in new york city whether you're you know anywhere in this tri-state area the blue is out in full effect you see it everywhere you feel it and it's a great time to be a giants fan um and brandon i know you remember uh you know back when we were players it was so great when you're winning when you're in the playoffs Everybody's locked in, everybody's focused, but everywhere you go, people are rooting for you, and, you know, it means a lot as a player to have that support. I'll tell you what, Sean, I mean, you know, playing with you and, and being on the teams that we were a part of and, and, and having a chance to do what we've done together and, 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 and on the way there, you know, so many ups and downs, so many ups and downs, so many boos, you know, so many things that we've gotten, you know, just on our way to excellence. 
Uh, I mean, winning in this place, you know, in front of the Giants fans, is nothing like it. You know, you got a you got a very strong fan base, and and it's awesome. I mean, they're you know they're there. I mean, we went down to Tampa and played. The stadium was full. We went down to Arizona and played during the season. The stadium was full. I mean, great fan base here. You know, here with the Giants fans, it, it is great to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun, and you know, it's been so bad for so long. Let's be honest. I mean, 2016 was the last time the Giants made the playoffs, and they haven't won a playoff game since you guys won Super Bowl 46. So it's like, you know, everybody's just been waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and Sean, I know you've been around it. And, and, Brandon, I know when you're around the team and the times that you get to come, I mean, Brian Dable has changed the whole feel for everything with this team. And, and does he make it fun? Yeah. Is he still adhere to old school principles when it comes to getting the work done absolutely um but he's been a breath of fresh air for this franchise yeah he's been instrumental in the success and i think one of the biggest things that a head coach is tasked with is everybody think it's say everybody thinks it's assemble the roster and try to find as much talent as you can get it's not about accumulating talent it's about building a team and i think every great team that i've ever been on the ones that brandon and i were on together great chemistry and you know what you can't manufacture that you know artificially it's got to be organic and i think brian dable's done a great job i think what's facilitated that is probably the biggest decision he made once he got hired was to not be the offensive coordinator by hiring mike kafka who had never done it before look he went out on a limb with that hiring him but it's enabled dable to be the head coach of the team and and you saw that in week one the Tennessee game, on the road, he's managing the game. He's walking up and down the sideline, talking to the defense about how when we score, we're going for two, letting you know. If he was calling the plays, he would have never been able to do that. So I think the chemistry and the confidence that this team has is a direct re reflection of Brian Dable. But you hit the nail on the head. Look, this time last year, the only P word we were talking about was progress, not playoffs. And I think everybody hoped when they hired Brian Dable, when they hired Joe Shane, when they brought in this offense and all these people from Buffalo, the big question was, how do you turn this franchise around? We were headed in the wrong direction. And how do you maximize Daniel Jones? Can you get him to play? And can you get him to progress like you did with Josh Allen? I think the answer to both those questions is yes. Um, and a lot of Giants fans, look, last year, it was, uh, it was definitely a year to forget. And I, I, I've never seen that much um, dysfunction, you know, from the team and the, and the fans. Look, there was venom. So, look, there... There's been a lot of Giants fans that had to go dumpster diving, right? You had to pull that Daniel Jones jersey out of the recycling bin or the garbage bin. They, they were done. They were done with the Giants. And this is what's great about the NFL is that in 365 days, it's a complete 180. Absolutely, Sean. And, you know, I think I agree with you there. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Coach Dable, I think he's done a great job with meshing the personalities. You got a lot of, you know, you got a lot of guys on the team that hadn't played with one another until this year. Uh, I, you know, I think... Me, myself, I, I think they've done a great job in the draft uh, with this new regime. I'm really looking forward to the future of this uh, franchise with these guys, at, you know, leading the way and uh, drafting Daniel Jones, you know, some years back. You know, no one know if, you know, knew if it was a great choice or not. Um, I've been saying, just give the kid a chance. Just give the kid a chance. You know, he, he possesses things that a uh, New York Giants quarterback has never really had. You know, and, and, and he, he's super athletic, make plays on his, you know, like on the ground. And, and, he, and if you ask me, I think he's a very good passer, you know, and I think, you know, coming into the game against Philadelphia here coming up this weekend, um, I think is a game that, that's definitely winnable. I don't think the Eagles have been playing the best of their ability. 
uh, like the number one team in the NFL. So I think this game comes at perfect timing, a team that has beat us twice already. I mean, I got the Giants taking it, and I got Daniel Jones having a really big game again this week against the Eagles. All right, so I want to ask you this because uh, you guys were both, and I'll start with you, Brandon. Um, you know, listen, teams that sweep teams during the regular season, pulling off the hat trick is not easy. I think in the history of the National Football League, uh, when teams meet in the postseason, the team that swept the first two games has a record of 12-9 and nine against the team that got swept. 2007, you guys got swept by the Dallas Cowboys. After you beat Tampa, divisional playoff round, you went down to Dallas and you beat the Cowboys. Um, talk about sort of what your mindset, both of you, were going into that game having been swept by the Cowboys that season and what this team is thinking going into this game this week. Well, <laughs> well, in 2007, I'm going to tell you, like, that was, you know, that was my first year as a starter, and we, and we opened the season with Dallas in Dallas. I think it may have been a Monday night. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I got hurt. I got a, 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 a great one, you know, uh, MCL spraying that, in that game. Uh, they whooped us pretty good. They beat us pretty good. They came here. And uh, beat us at Giant Stadium. You know, they beat us pretty good then. You know, but we went into the playoff game, you know, right after we beat Tampa. Like, I mean, what could happen? Like, what worse could happen? I mean, they beat us. You know, they've beaten us twice already. They're 13-3. They won a division by landslide. It wasn't close. Um, so what's the worst that can happen? You know, we, we just went into week 17 and, and played against the best team in the National Football League and took them down to the wire in the game I think we should have won. We went down at uh, – to uh, Tampa and beat the second place, uh, in, you know, the, the uh, NFC South team. And, you know, playing against Dallas, I mean, they beat us twice already. So what's the, you know, what's, so what's the worst? They beat us three times? Like, like, so what's the big deal? So let's just go out and leave it all on the line. And, and we came out victorious. You know, we, I think we've been on both sides of that spectrum. Uh, you know, in 2007, we did. We went down and handled business in Dallas. And we were the road warriors that year. That was our moniker and that was our rallying cry. And it was all about the road to redemption. And I think, you know, both those games in Dallas, we lost week one down in Dallas. It was a shootout. I think it was 38-35, something like that, 35-33. Um, so we knew we could score points and hang with them. But, you know, whenever you're playing a divisional opponent for the third time, it really becomes more about the matchups because they're not doing anything different. We know what they're doing. They know what we're doing. And it's basically just, look, we're standing toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and to use a boxing term, like, look, we're taking body, we're going to give you body shots, you're giving us body shots, we're going to see who can take the most amount of hits and keep standing. And that's really what it is. Now, that was 07. In 08, we were on the other side of the spectrum. We were the number one seed. We had played Philly twice uh, in the regular season, and that ended up kind of working against us having to play them in, in 2008, and we ended up getting bounced as the number one seed. So there's that whole question of rest versus rust, and I think that's what, you know, Giants fans right now, if you're looking at Philly, you're saying, hey, look, they've had a lot of rest. They rested a lot of guys. Jalen Hurts coming off injury. He hasn't played well. Think about this. The last touchdown pass Jalen Hurts threw was against us in week 14. So that's been a long time. I know he missed two games. He was banged up. But that's the last time he threw a touchdown pass. And, you know, you just kind of look at the offense. It's been a little bit different. They have not had Lane Johnson. So, um, you know, for them, it's very important that they, they start fast. But for the Giants, when you look at what they did in Minnesota, starting fast, that's something that we have not done a lot of all year long. And with the, big, and the biggest game of the year, the playoffs, with some guys who had never played a playoff game before. Saquon's first playoff game, Daniel Jones' first playoff game, Andrew Thomas' first playoff game, all, all those guys, this is the first. 
they came out of the gates and they were on point. They were ready to rock and roll. So let me ask you this, guys. Um, you know, the last game of the regular season, the Giants went down to Philadelphia. Philadelphia had to win the game to get the first round by and get the number one overall seed. The Giants rested every one of their frontline guys, all of them. So Rodarius Williams and Cordell Flott are having to go one-on-one -on -one with um, with Brown and Smith. I mean, you know, and they're, they're using – Davis Webb gets elevated from the practice squad, and they hung with the Eagles. And I feel like that energized the whole team. And, like, look at Cordell Flott. He made a big play at the end of the Minnesota game against Osborne. And you got to think that there had to be a carryover effect. That Man, last week I was covering A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and I kind of held my own. Do you think that gives the Giants a little bit of a confidence boost that we played all our backups and they had to recover an onside kick when they needed the game? And all their, they were thinking, hey, we'll play about a half, maybe into the third. We'll be up 30-3 to three against who the Giants are rolling out here, and then we can put the bats away. And the fact that they had to recover an onside kick against all the backups, sent a message to Philadelphia? Um, you know, me sitting at home watching that game, um, knowing the Giants was resting people, uh, knowing Philadelphia had to win the game because they didn't know whether or not what Dallas was, was going to win the game or not to take the division or the number one seed. So they had to play, right? So watching it, you know, I was in between doing some stuff with my kids and watching the game and knowing it was a pretty close game and had to get the kick in order to, you know, seal it. You know, seal the deal. So, I mean, I think, I, I think there's a lot of young guys that had an opportunity to step in and play, especially defensively, you know, for the Giants against the best team in the National Football League. Like, at the time, seeing, like you said earlier, that they can hold their own. I mean, and it, like, like, I think it creates more depth in a game of this magnitude against a, a team that we just faced a couple weeks ago. So, I think that's why the game is, is more in the Giants' favor than Philly. You know, they went out, they played their starters, you know, they had to win the game. We clinched, you know, we clinched our part of the playoffs already and, and you know, letting those young guys get in there and get a chance to get some experience against a divisional foe like the uh, Eagles, I mean, it says a lot. I think confidence and momentum are a real thing in the NFL. And when you look at the Giants, the last couple of games of the regular season, the Christmas Eve game against Minnesota, look, they didn't win that game, but I, I think everybody looked at Minnesota as they were one of the better teams in the NFC. And we hung with them. We should have beat them on the road in their house. So that was a confidence boost. Then the Colts game was another confidence boost. Even though they didn't beat the Eagles, like you mentioned, Bob, that was a big confidence boost that, hey, we can hang with these guys. This is the best team in the NFC, if not the NFL. They're the number one seed. Like, we went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. We can hang. And it's a lot like in 2007 when we played the Patriots in Week 17, you know, with nothing on the line for us but pride and just building confidence. We went toe-to-toe -to -toe with them, and I, we walked out of that game saying, if that's the best team in the NFL, we just hung with them. We just gave them everything, you know, all they could handle, and you know what? That was our barometer. I think every NFL team is trying to figure out how good are we, and anytime you can go up against the best, it builds your confidence, and I think that's exactly what happened in Week 18. Subscribe to the Giant Settle podcast. It features exclusive interviews with current and former players, instant reaction every game, instant insight from top analysts like Mike Mayock of Westwood One. Find it on the Giants app on Giants.com slash podcast or search for it and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And we reposted my interview with Jason Seahorn on the Poppers Perspective Edition. He talks about that great interception against the Eagles in the playoffs in 2000, as well as some very important life lessons 
about being the best athlete on the team and not playing a single snap on defense as a starter his rookie year and what the coaches said to him to open up that switch for him. All right, you guys want some fun facts? Did you know since 1990 the New York football giants are 6-0 and when they play the number one seed in the playoffs? Yeah, they got the best record. One more fact. Did you know uh, 2008? We don't really want to talk about that much when the Giants were the number one seed. But here's a little, here's a little Tom Coughlin revenge factor for you. When the Giants lost to the Eagles at Giants Stadium in 2008 as the number one seed, and Philadelphia beat him. Do you know what seed Philadelphia was? Number, they were the sixth seed. Hey, do you know who the Eagles beat the week before to get to play the Giants? Vikings. So how about a little revenge? Coming up, let's let's flip the script and get a little revenge for Plaxico. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, Xavier McKinney joins us. You are listening to Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens on the Fan. It's Giants Playoff Preview Live on the Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hurts on a long count, play clock at six, calls out the protection. Play clock down to four. Pumps his left leg and takes the snap. Drops back to the goal line, now steps up. He's going to throw a big ball down the right side. Giants are there and intercepted. Safety came over and made a heck of a play. Xavier McKinney. Yeah, it's a Giants divisional playoff preview. Live, We are at Hudson Hall in Jersey City. It's presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football giants. And uh, we are joined by number 29, Xavier McKinney, here on the program. Xavier, Bob Papa, Sean O'Hara, Brandon Jacobs. We're here having a little fun hanging out. Thanks for joining us here this evening. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys for having me. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. I mean, I, I know everybody in the rest of the world, it's Wednesday night. For you guys, it's Thursday night with the game being on Saturday. Just talk a little bit about, you know, the preparation for playing the Eagles and playing them for a third time. You didn't get a chance to, you know, be on the field when you guys squared off against them at MetLife Stadium. You're working your way back. How important is it, you know, to get on the field and get an opportunity to square off against these guys this year? Uh, yes, it's super important, obviously. Um, you know, we got a big game coming up. Um, but I think the preparation, um, you know, by the team and, uh, by the coaches, just everybody in the building has been great, uh, thus far. Um, we just, you know, trying to keep continuing to build and, uh, keep working. Obviously, we still got, um, you know, a couple more days before the game. So just trying to, you know, tighten up all the little things and, you know, make sure that, you know, we're ready. Um, you know, come Saturday. Xavier, this is Sean O'Hara, man. Uh, I know you're you're no stranger to big games, man. You played in national championship games. I think every game down in, in, in Bama was uh, probably felt like a, a playoff game atmosphere. Uh, but I'm just curious, you know, your mindset as you guys get ready to go down to the link and, and face Philly and from a game plan standpoint as well, a little different quarterback than Kirk Cousins last week. Obviously, Jalen can move around a little bit. They like to use him in the run game. So how does that change your approach as you prepare for the Eagles? Yeah, you know, they definitely bring, a, you know, a different, a different um, you know, game, uh, you know, game plan to, to, you know, what we're trying to do. 
Um, and it's definitely a lot different than, you know, what we just saw um, this past weekend. Um, so, you know, for us, we, you know, we got to change up, uh, you know, some things here and there. Obviously, you know, every team is different, so um, you can't really have the same game plan. Um, but, you know, we adjust. Um, I think we've, we've done a great job of, of doing that all year. Um, but it's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, you know, this team, you know, has a lot of talent. Um, and then obviously they got a great quarterback as well. So who can do a lot of things. Um, so, um, it's going to be challenging for us. Um, but like I said, man, we, we've been preparing the right way and, um, you know, we know what type of game is going to be. Um, so, uh, you know, for us, it's going to be fun. Uh, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. Um, and it's just going to be, it's going to be a fun game to, to play and a fun game to watch. Mr. McKinney, this is Brandon Jacobs here, man. Hey, uh, question. Uh, playing these guys twice during the season, uh, being, in, being, in, being in the division and taking L's both times, um, I'm, you know, I'm thinking you guys got a different approach coming into the playoffs, which the playoffs is a totally different season. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely it's a brand-new season. Um, you guys got a, in my opinion, is a banged-up Jalen Hurts. I mean, I don't think he's going to be the same guy in this game. You know, that, you know I think that he's been – you know, throughout the rest of the season. So, you know, uh, losing, you know, twice during the season to these guys, like, so what different, you know, that you guys can bring, you know, to the table to try to make sure that we knock the Eagles off? Um, You know, I think we, you know, I think we're going we're gonna to keep the same approach. Obviously, the, the two games that we lost to them, um, you know, the mentality didn't change. Uh, you know, those games we wanted to win, we just didn't win them. Um, obviously, uh, you know, being able to play them a third time is, is helpful just because of, um, you know, we, we've seen, uh, you know, what they do, but also, it, you know, it works the same way for them. So, um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be different, but we also know, obviously it's the playoffs. So, um, you know, the game is going to be, um, you know, it, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a challenging game. Um, but I think even for, uh, you know, Jalen, I think, um, you know, he knows what's at stake. We all know what's at stake. So, uh, we know we're going, we're going to get his best shot and we know we're going to get, you know, their team's best shot. So, um, you know, for us, um, you know, we go into it with that same, you know, that same dog mentality, um, the same mentality, uh, you know, we're trying to win. Uh, obviously, you know, when you lose and, and, you know, in the playoffs is, is over. So, uh, we know what's at stake. Uh, we know what we got to do. Um, so, uh, we're just going to go out there and, and, and you know, execute that uh, come Saturday. Next, uh, we checked the box with Jalen now. So let's move outside the numbers a little bit. I know we're, we're going to be focused on, obviously, last week you guys had Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Hawkinson. This week, s some more studs, right? You've got um, A.J. Brown on the outside, Devontae Smith inside. Um, Dallas, I thought you guys did a – Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Goddard yeah. Outstanding yep. tight end. And then – However, they use the backs in the passing game. Yeah, we yeah. know that they, they like to spread the ball around. But I just kind of want to focus on – let's focus on the number one receiver right now, A.J. Brown. Obviously, he's an explosive receiver. Um, you know, he, his yards after the catch are just as dangerous as his deep threat ability. You guys did a great job against Justin Jefferson. Uh, you take away the opening drive last week, he had three catches for 16 yards. I want you to talk a little bit about the return of Adoree Jackson and what that has meant and how that can help you guys this week against the Eagles. Uh, you know, his return obviously has been, uh, great for our defense, for our team. Um, he's a leader on our team. He's a leader on our defense. 
Um, and, you know, he's, he's our top corner. So, uh, whenever we, we face a, you know, a top receiver, obviously we love to have him, um, you know, shadowing whoever that receiver is. So, uh, just of, of having him back is, you know, you know, helps us a lot. Um, makes us just feel, uh, a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, he can do a lot of different things. He can cover a lot of different guys, big guys, small guys. Um, so just having them, uh, back is, is, is great. Um, and even, you know, with the whole defense kind of, this is kind of the first time, um, you know, even last game, first time that everybody's been healthy and been out there all at the same time. So, um, you know, but he obviously adds a tremendous, um, you know, factor to, to what we do, uh, defensively and how we want to play. And, um, you know, he's had a, he's had a great season and, um, just happy to, you know, you know, finally have them back and, you know, out there playing fast and free. Talking with Xavier McKinney here on Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara and two-time Super Bowl champion Brandon Jacobs. Uh, Xavier, I mean, you know, last week, you know, you had the deep middle coverage on the pass play to Justin Jefferson. What does it say, you know, considering the fact that you're coming back from injury, uh, the fact that Wick Martindale and his coaching staff had the trust in you late in the game because Hawkinson in the first meeting on Christmas Eve when you weren't playing made a whole bunch of plays, and he made some plays in the game the other day, but when the game was on the line, they said, X-Man, X marks the spot, go deal with Hawkinson, and you did get in that fourth down stop. Just talk about the trust that the coaching staff has in you and, 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 and taking on that leadership role. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think, you know, it started, uh, you know, way back when they first got here of just, uh, you know, me building that trust with them, um, of just showing them, um, you know, I can, I can, you know, be everywhere on the field. I can, uh, play wherever they need me to play and do whatever they need me to do. Um, but, you know, those type of matchups I'm built for, um, you know, I've, I've always wanted to, um, you know, and even this is something that, you know, I told them uh, before the season even started, uh, whenever we play, you know, anybody that has, um, you know, the, the top, the top tight end in the league, you know, that's, that's, that's the matchup that I want. Um, so, you know, th- it, that wasn't the first time that that's happened. Uh, we played Baltimore, we played Mark Andrews and, uh, when the game was on the line, um, you know, that's who, who I was on. And, uh, these are the matchups that I want, um, you know, continuing to go forward. So, um, they know that. And, you know, we've had talks about this. So, um, you know, for me, I'm just, I like to compete, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a competitive guy. Uh, I always want the, the, you know, the, the, whoever the best, best tight end, whoever it is, whoever is that best guy, that's, that's, that's what I want. Um, so, but we, we built this trust, um, ever since they've, you know, came into the building, um, and they've shown, you know, that, that, you know, we can, we can trust each other. Um, you know, we're, we're really, you know, transparent with each other. We always have, um, conversations about, you know, just different things and, uh, just getting to know each other a lot better. And, uh, it's just, you know, been improving every step of the way this whole season. So uh, I'm grateful to, to have them, you know, as my coaches and, um definitely thankful that you know that that you know they have that trust in me to to uh you know give me that responsibility Xavier look this is Brandon Jacobs man um I just want to tell you I don't really have a question for you man just as a fan of the Giants 
Um, as a former uh, player of the New York Giants, man, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being back and, you know, how much you mean to the franchise and our, you know, football team now on where we are, man. So I just want to say, man, hey, good luck with everything. And make sure you guys go out there and leave it all on the football field, man. And let's get to this NFC Championship game and let's try to take this thing all away. Yeah, hey, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate David, it. Before, before, we, before we let you go, look, I'm sure you have it already mapped out, right? Like the, the, one of the biggest things right now for NFL players is the game day wardrobe, all right? The drip, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, the outfit. What do you got in store for us? Or do we have, do we have to wait till Saturday to see the photos of you strolling into the link? Yeah, it might it might have to wait till Saturday. It, it's been it, it's a short week for us, so um, I haven't been too much focused on uh, uh, what I'm wearing Saturday. I've been pretty locked into this game plan. Um, so um, you know, it's gonna be something that's uh, you know last minute thing for me, but. Uh, you know, I, I always, I always seem to figure it out. So I get it figured out, and you know, everybody to see it. You know, come Saturday. Yeah, you, you, you're always on point. I, I know you got the, uh, you got the hair, hair going too. You got the, the Jekyll and Hyde on, on both sides going. So I will say this: one recommendation. You're going bird hunting. Dress appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Oh, number twenty-nine. Um, you know what? This, this young man is so much fun to watch. You know how my little guy, Max, who I've had around the facility a bunch of times. Brandon remembers when I had my other kids around the facility when they were little. You know what Max got from Santa this year? What did he get? 29 jersey. Nice. Uh, yes, sir. 29 jersey. I love to hear He's throwing it, up the X. Got the X, man. Xavier, we appreciate a couple minutes. Uh, best of luck on Saturday. And you know what? I'm going to say to you, we'd love to have you on the show again next week. What do you say? No, for sure. I, I, would, I would love to be on the show again. All right. Now yeah. all you guys got to do is win. Let's Xavier McKinney <clears throat> joining us here on the program, along with Sean O'Hara and Brandon Jacobs. I got three rings by my side. You're listening to Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. When we come back, a huge Giants fan. Plus, we're going to take your questions from here in the audience. We may even open up the phone calls a little bit. Plus, Andrew Thomas is going to join us at 8 p.m. So we've got a full show lined up for you. But DJ Envy, he's spinning the next tune next here on WFAN. It's Giants Playoff Preview Live on the fan. Jones rolls to his left, gets a block from Thomas. He's to the five. Jones races in. Touchdown, Giants. The home of New York Giants football is WFAN. The fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Hudson Hall here on The Fan. It's Giants Divisional Preview Live presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. All right, so I see a Shockey jersey. I see a Daniel Jones jersey. You can't go to any Giants event without seeing an Eli jersey, a Phil Simms jersey, a Lawrence Taylor jersey, Carl Banks. You'll see Brandon Jacob jerseys at Giants games. Obviously, a lot of Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr. jerseys. Sean, how many events have you gone to where you got a Sean O'Hara number 60 in the crowd? 
Well, listen, you can probably count on one hand. I mean, if you're not counting family <laughs> reunions, yes, uh, you know, if you're not related to guys. Look, O-line jerseys are hard to find. Like, every, you go into a store, they're sold out everywhere. You, you can't find them in, in Dick's. You can't find them in, in, in the NFL shop stores. Like, they're just, Fanatics, yeah. It's always, yeah the 60s o, always sold out. The O-line jerseys are hard to come by. They're always a hot item, and, you know, they, they don't have as many of them. But um, the other conundrum <laughs> that you've got with my last name is the apostrophe. You know, like, I can't tell you how many people have said, like, I tried to order your jersey online, and the apostrophe computers freak out. They won't let you do it. So uh, it's always great to see uh, people representing the old lineman. And, um, he got the apostrophe. Yeah, with the apostrophe. He got the apostrophe. It's official. <laughs> that and apostrophe is a gift and a curse. And I hope you signed it for him. Oh, of course I signed it. Yeah. Signed it. What, it, what do you think of the hour away slogan that the Giants are using? Because it's kind of cool. It pays homage to what you guys did. It pays homage to what... The Giants of the 80s and early 90s did, and it pays homage to the Giant teams of the 50s and early 60s because when you look at the teams, there's a certain DNA of Giants football, and it's being able to punch somebody in the mouth with the run game, O-line, defense, and, you know, people forget, like, Phil Sims became the first Giant quarterback to throw for... 4,000 yards in 1984. They were a passing team that year. And then, of course, the great Y.A. Tittle in the early 60s. I mean, he had a record that it took until 1984 for Dan Marino to break most touchdown passes in a season. He did in less games. So this this new slogan kind of pays tribute to the path that you guys laid. Well, you know, what I think, you know, the our way slogan, I, you know, and I think every team needs to live and die by one. Um, ours was all in. I think that was in 2011, 2012. Uh, I'm not even sure we had a slogan in 2007. Road Warriors. Road Warriors. Yeah, Warriors. we had Road Warriors. It's on the ring. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, it helps people root harder. You know, it, it, it sells merchandise, you know, uh, like these shirts everybody got on, and, and people stick to it, and it means something. And I'm just looking forward to it, man. I, I feel a lot of, you know, great things in the air about this uh, playoff run that's coming up here. Uh, I'm just looking forward to it. I think every great team has a creed, right? Like a, almost a code. And ours was Road Warriors. You mentioned the all-in. Um, you know, Coach Coffin was big on the T-shirts, right? Talk is cheap, play the game. I feel like every week we had a different one uh, in our locker. But the our way, I, I feel like, is such a great two-word definition of this team because you talked about it, Bob. This is a different – they're winning the games differently. It's not like you see – the rest of the NFL where, you know, guys are throwing – Tom Brady threw 66 passes in this uh, in this game. You know, Mahomes is throwing for 400 yards and we don't bat an eye. This is not that team. Like, that's not how they're built. And, you know, you talked about the record books. Our way, to me, talks about the great defense that they're playing and how offensively they're, they're going to go on 20-play drives. They had a 20-play drive against Minnesota. All five of their scorers – scoring drives were 75 yards or more. That's their way. That's how they're doing it. We're not going to beat ourselves. And when the Giants play our way, we're one of the tough teams, toughest teams in the NFL. I think the other aspect of that is Daniel Jones is doing it his way. Daniel Jones just set a franchise record for rushing yards by a quarterback in a season. Think about that. You mentioned Y.A. Tittle, Charlie Connerly. I think he broke his record. Daniel Jones had more rushing yards this year than any quarterback in franchise history. That's our way. That's the way you do things, and they're putting their own stamp on it. Brian Dables put their own stamp on it. Of course, the players got to buy into all that, which I think they have. Hey, he's doing it at a high level, Daniel Jones is. You know, um, 
I know you guys are familiar with on Twitter that Twitter handle, Big Blue VCR. It's a guy that has, I don't know where he has all those videos. He has the most obscure Giants from like 1974, yeah. and it's the guy's birthday, and he's got video. Hey, Bob, can you real quick, just for the millennials, can you explain what a VCR is? Yeah, it's a thing <laughs> that you used to record tapes on and then have to play them back. But, uh, you know, he's got like so many cool things. And, you know, watching this week, he's been doing a lot of divisional playoff round stuff. And, you know, what Daniel Jones is doing is, on, on a much higher level, is what Jeff Hostetler did in 1990. When you watch Big Blue VCR and those tweets he's putting out, the amount of plays that Hostetler made with his legs. You know, there was a big fourth down play against the Bears in the divisional playoff round in 1990. And it was Hostetler flushed out. It's fourth and six. And next thing you know, he's avoiding Refrigerator Perry and a couple other guys and running for first downs. And Daniel Jones has taken that to a new level, like as far because it's part of what they're doing offensively. It's fun to watch. Uh, we've got DJ Envy's going to join us in just a bit. Uh, Andrew Thomas joins us at the top of the hour. So we got our man. There's nobody that gets a crowd going like the one, the only, the incomparable Super Bowl 42 champion Brandon London is with us. Brandon? Yeah, B. London. Who do you got, Brandon? All right, what's your name, my man, and what question do you have? Uh, my name is Aiden. Hello. I'm uh, from Westfield, New Jersey. And Westfield. In the Westfield, yeah. Okay, so obviously uh, the Giants had a very dominant performance offensively, uh, but the Vikings had one of the worst, defensive, uh, worst defenses in the league this year statistically. Uh, what do you think changes uh, for the Giants here? What is Mike Kafka and Brian Dable uh, telling the uh, Giants uh, offense this week? What's going to change for the playbook and the mindset going in playing against uh, a better defense? Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your question. Good job, Aiden. Westfield, the watcher, right? That's a great show. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I think he's more saying uh, – uh, the easiest way to beat you, you know, to keep beating the football game is to have a bunch of penalties and to turn the football over. I think if the Giants go into the into Lincoln Financial and minimize the penalties and do not turn the football over, I think that you know, I think that'll maximize our opportunity to win the game. Um, at the end of the day, is eleven professionals versus eleven professionals. Everybody's the same. It's those little things in the football game that that makes a difference. Penalties and turnovers. If we can be penalty free and don't turn the football over. We, we will be going to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, Aiden, great question. I think for the Giants, it's all about starting fast. And, you know, you go back to the Week 14 game against the Eagles, we got sacked twice on our opening possession, found ourselves down 21 nothing at a bat of an eye, and that just – everything your game plan, everything goes out the window. That, this, this team is not built to win games that way. You look at, on the contrary, Minnesota scored on the opening drive, scored a touchdown on the second drive of the game. The Giants hadn't scored an opening drive touchdown in nine games. So start fast. you, you got to do that on the road. Obviously, you want to take the crowd out of it, kind of get them sitting on their hands a little bit, but that's the recipe. Yeah, and let's not sugarcoat this. They're the number one seed for a reason. They've got eight pro bowlers. The Giants' offensive line and the Giants' defensive front between the linebackers, the edge rushers, the inside backers have to play their best game of the season this week. If, if they can win on both sides of the ball on the line, 
or at least create a bunch of stalemates over the course of the game, they got a great chance to win. But whether it's 1920 or 1925 or 2020 or 2022, one thing has not changed in this sport. Schemes come, schemes go, but whoever wins at the point of attack is the team that's going to win. Yeah, no and doubt. It, it, it hasn't changed in 100 years of NFL football. If you don't win at the line, you're not going to win the game. It's yeah. that so You could scheme up everything in the world. You could have the greatest plays. You could have all this other stuff. But if you're getting your butt kicked and Philadelphia can get a run game going with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott and Gainwell and they stay on schedule and they're in second and threes and the Giants are playing on second and twelves and third and nines, the Giants will get smoked. It's that simple. So they got to win at the point of attack. I'm not saying they can't, but to me it boils down to something that hasn't changed since the NFL started in 1920. All right, the fans are lining up to talk football with you guys. What's your name, where you're from, and what question do you have for the panel? Uh, Sean, Jersey City. Hey, guys. Uh, I actually wanted to go to Blue Ale House. Uh, it was too far. Uh, it's funny that you said you lived in Hamilton Park, uh, Bob, because that's where I live now. Um, and so I'm not wearing my Giants shirt, uh, uh, jersey. 277 8th Street. Yeah, All baby. Let's go. I didn't know you guys were going to be here until I saw on Instagram, so I asked my boss if I could leave early, and he let me, let me come. Um, it's a good boss. I was, before I asked my question, I was also born on February 3rd, 1987, so I turned 21. Thank you, you boys, for giving me the best 21st birthday that a guy could ever ask for. Uh, and then got one four, four years later when I took right, ask your question because we got to get to the All right, break. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. All right, so if there's going to be one position group that's going to get us there, uh, who's it going to be? Is it going to be the offensive line, defensive line, whoever? What do you guys think about that? It's definitely going to be the offensive line. Uh, I'm a, I love my offensive lineman. I've always loved my offensive lineman. Me playing running back, I couldn't do the things I've done in the game without, a, you know, a great group, you know, a great group of guys in front of me. If your offensive line is playing good football, just nine times out of ten, you will win the football game, and that's just it. Every play is drawn up to score a touchdown on offense. But if you don't have the guys up front with grit, just nastiness, and just tough SOBs, then you can forget about everything. And that's the type of guys that I had up front. So I always, I always put everything on the offensive line. I got a son that plays on the offensive line. Uh, like, like for me, it's the offensive line, and that's it. Yeah, the, the Giants O-line, they're wearing the hard hats this week, sp specifically Evan Neal. He's got a tough matchup with Hassan Reddick. He's got 16 sacks, leads the league in five forced fumbles, so that'll be a big challenge. But this Giants D-line, they've got a challenge as well. The Eagles have the best pass-blocking O-line in the league right now, so they got to find a way to get pressure. Give me big, de sexy Dexy, though. I yeah, like I mean, the, Giant, uh, the Eagles had 70 sacks this season. Uh, the NFL record is 72, set by the 84 Bears. So you got to be able to control their front, and you have to be able to run and stay on schedule because if you could be in second and four, you, then the whole playbook, everything opens up. You can run anything you want because you got two downs to get four yards. Speaking of the offensive line, when we come back on the program, we're going to be joined by arguably one of the best left tackles in the National Football League. Second team All-Pro, voted for the first time. Andrew Thomas will join us. We are live at Hudson Hall in Jersey City. It's Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Andrew Thomas joins us at the top of the hour here on WFAN in New York.
It's Giants Playoff Preview Live on The Fan. Jones rolls to his left, gets a block from Thomas. He's to the five. Jones races in. Touchdown, Giants. The home of New York Giants football is WFAN. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to Hudson Hall here in Jersey City, New Jersey, getting you set for the Giants and Eagles. It's Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. As we kick off hour number two, Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara and Brandon Jacobs, getting you set for the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Had a fun chat with Xavier McKinney. In hour number one, we're going to be joined by Andrew Thomas in just a little bit. Hopefully we'll get DJ Envy all squared up and we've got Andrew Thomas joining us on the line right now the second team all pro in the National Football League and getting the job done Andrew Bob Papa we got Sean O'Hara we got Brandon Jacobs thanks for a couple minutes this morning how are you I'm doing well how are you guys yeah and I said this morning because I'm so used to my <laughs> Sirius XM show with Coach Weiss, I said this morning, it's this evening. Just, I'm sorry. The Andrew. opening drive? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Andrew, just talk about sort of the way you guys have been able to keep the lid on this. Like, we're in Jersey City right now. This place is packed. Giants fans everywhere. We did a show last week. Giants fans are going nuts. Everybody's talking about the Giants around town. And, and just being in the facility, you guys seem very buttoned up. Just talk a little bit about how you're able to keep the lid on it and stay focused on what you got to do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say that starts um, with Coach Dable um, and then the front office, Joe Shane, just the mentality we have around the building. Obviously, we know what's at stake, but um, the only way to, to accomplish our goals is to stay focused on the, t- the task at hand, and that's what we've been trying to do. Andrew, you've definitely been focused, and, and not just focused, but you're bringing your A game, right? Your first playoff game in Minnesota. Uh, you had arguably one of your best games uh, of the season, if not your career. Not one pressure on, I think, 46 pass plays. Uh, so it, it's great to see you playing at such a high level. And I just want you to talk about what has changed for this offensive line. You guys have completely morphed into a, a unit that is physical, finishing blocks you guys are protecting dj and look you, you this time last year it, it, things were totally different it was more of a liability what has changed and i want you to just kind of talk a little bit about bobby johnson and what he's brought to that group yeah uh coach johnson has done, done a great job of implement, implementing the, the new offense the new system um the way he wants us to play um we have some veteran guys john feliciano and glowinski They've done a great job of, you know, um, being leaders for us. Um, I think myself, you know, improving um, every game and, and trying to be as much of a leader as I can is, is helping. Uh, and then we just have a tight-knit group. We all we enjoy each other's company. We work hard. We work well together. And I think it shows on the field. All right, Andrew, this is Brandon Jacobs here, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about, you know, all the things that, that you guys have accomplished this year. But, uh you guys got a challenge, you know, one hell of a challenge this weekend uh, on Lincoln Financial and the Eagles' nasty defensive line. I think they lead the league in sacks. I think they're like two sacks off the league record. Uh, so what do you guys, you know, you know, talk a little bit about what you guys got to do to keep them out the backfield. Yeah, there's no secrets this week. Um, there's no 
crazy blitz packages. It's nothing like that. It's really just mono um, mono. You just got to win your one-on-one uh, matchup this week. That starts with um, the technique, the good set, uh, good hands, and then the mentality. You have to be physical. You have to fight, you know, through the fourth quarter, through the whistle, and that's the only way to beat those guys. Look, Saquon Barkley's having a big year, and look, it really started in week one down in Tennessee. You guys, you know, lit him up. He had, he had over 100 yards rushing. Just kind of take us inside the huddle with Saquon this year. Obviously, he looks different. He's running different. He's healthy. But what kind of mindset is he bringing into the huddle this year that's, that you notice is different? Yeah, you could tell um, he had a chip on his shoulder coming into this year. Um, a lot of people doubted, you know, whether or not he would be the same guy he was before the injury. So he just, you know, he's been working his tail off and, and doing a great job for us, whether if that's, you know, in the beginning of the season where he's getting a lot of carries, um, making plays for us, or, you know, to this, this last recent game, I think he had like 14 touches. But every time he touches the ball, you know, it's a chance that it can be um, an explosive play, and that's good for our offense. Talking with Andrew Thomas of the New York Giants. Andrew, um, you know, look, you've played in Philadelphia before. I know you didn't play in the last game, the last game of the regular season. Um, but you've been down there. You know how hostile it is. But, I mean, it can't get any louder than it was on Christmas Eve in Minnesota, nor could it get any louder than it was this past week in Minnesota. And you guys have handled a lot of that pre-snap stuff in a hostile environment pretty well. Um, what have been the keys to you guys not making the unforced mental errors in those spots to keep you guys on schedule offensively? Yeah, it starts with the, the offensive staff, um, Cavs getting the plays into DJ as fast as possible. And then DJ doing a great job of communicating. We do a good job up front, you know, just making sure we understand the snap count, um, you know, our, our, our mic point, all those different things, just to make sure that we're, we're ready for each snap. Um, that makes a huge difference in the game. Andrew, you've become a leader on this team. You're not just playing at an elite level, but you're, you're commanding uh, respect, not just from your teammates, but from the peers, obviously with your all-pro, second-team all-pro selection, the recognition that you've gotten. But I think that C on your chest has to mean a lot to you. What has it meant for you to be a captain? And I'm curious, in addition to that, this Our Way slogan you guys have adopted, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot to me. Um, obviously, a younger guy on the team, but... Uh, when your teammates um, think of you that highly, it, it definitely means a lot. And I, um, I honor that a lot and try to, you know, approach every day with that mindset just to be a leader. Um, more of a soft-spoken guy, but, you know, when I see the opportunity, I speak up and then obviously just try to speak with my play just the way I, um, I attack the game. All right, Andrew, this is Brandon Jacobs here again, man. Um, you know, I, you know, I've definitely been watching the Giants all season long, and I've definitely watched both uh, prior uh, Giants-Eagles game, uh, the one toward the end of the season, and then the one um, early on as well. Uh, they, you know, they came into MetLife and, and got a pretty, uh, a pretty good win, uh, should I say. Um, coming into it, you know, I've been in this place once before, you know, having played a team, twi- uh, you know, three times, and the third time has been the charm. So. Uh, playing the Eagles twice this year already and, and, and taking losses to, you know, to them. What what different things, you know, are you guys planning on bringing to the table to make sure that third loss doesn't take place? Yeah, the first thing I would say is just uh, start fast. Um, and the first time we played them, um, you know, they got up on us 21 points. And after that, we settled down and started to play better. But um, they've done a good job against teams, um, 
scoring early, getting turnovers, and then obviously they got, you know, a whole bunch of pass rushers. So when they get get up, it's tough for our offense to be able to move the ball, pass the ball. So the first thing is early down success, staying out of third and long, um, and then don't turn over the ball. And um, that, that should give us a good opportunity to win. Yeah, yeah, Andrew, as a former O-lineman, third and nine is not where we want to play the game. But I want you to kind of brag on yourself a little bit here and just take me through. I'm going to give you two scenarios here. All right, third and nine, and you can lock down and clamp down Sweat or Brandon Graham or Hassan Reddick, whoever it is. What, what, what makes you happier, locking somebody down on third nine or it's a toss 39 crack and you pull out and you get to knock somebody down and ragdoll somebody. I saw you do that to DeForest Buckner, I think it was, against the Colts out in space, and then you did it again last week in Minnesota when you're pulling out on the perimeter. Uh, I would definitely say the run blocking. Uh, that's the best feeling. Uh, pass pro, they say pass pro is not passive and, and you have to be physical, uh, but it's different being able to actually go attack somebody in the run game and uh, get a knockdown. Talking with Andrew Thomas. Andrew, um, you know, when you came into the league as a first-round draft pick, you know, baptism by fire, and, you know, you had to play through an, an injury during your rookie season, and you were learning on the job in a very tough spot. Today you have Evan Neal, first-round draft pick. He's playing through an injury. Baptism by fire. Um, you're going through it all for the first time because college and the NFL are two different things. Have you spent a lot of time mentoring him, encouraging him, uh, you know, just talking with him just based on your experiences relatively recent? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in the same spot as him. So uh, whether he's coming to me or if I see something, I just try to give him little nuggets. Uh, you know, sometimes it's about football. Sometimes it's just about life and just understanding the pressure what comes with being that high of a pick and, and playing this position in the league. But um, I think he's doing a good job. Uh, obviously, you know, rookies are going to have struggles, but he's he's kept a positive mindset, and he has all the all the tools to be great. Um, once it clicks, it's going to be good for him. Andrew, um, you've played in Philadelphia a couple times. Um, is there something funny that you can repeat on the air that one of those Eagles – Leather Lungs has yelled at you as you were coming on or off the field for pregame warm-ups or during the game? Uh, I don't think I can repeat it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I think he's giving us the sign language right yeah, now. Right. right. <laughs> I've definitely heard some bad stuff, man. But, you know, I don't know if you guys talk back, but when I played, I definitely talked back. I yes, definitely yes, said something back. Yes, you I, did. Yes, I definitely yes, got my fair share of fines. I remember one time walking up the field and one of them said something to me and I just yelled out the, the, the worst thing I probably could have said and Mr. Merritt was standing right there looking right at me. But it was awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that, would, that would be Gates for us. Nick Gates will definitely say something back. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. No that's true. That's a story in itself. Andrew, we appreciate a couple minutes. Congratulations on a fantastic season. I know you don't want it to end and uh, you and your guys up front will have a big hand as to whether this thing continues next week, but we appreciate a couple minutes. I know it's a busy week for you, especially with the game being on Saturday night. But on behalf of all Giants fans here in Jersey City and throughout the metropolitan area, thanks for joining us. Appreciate y'all for having me. All right, thanks, Andrew. Good, Good stuff. This week. Go, go get them birds. Yeah, that's uh, Andrew Thomas joining us. Big Blue Kickoff Live is the Giants Daily Call-In Show on Giants.com every weekday from 1230 to 1.30. Our team Breaks down the X's and O's, takes your calls all season long. You got John Schmelk, Paul Dottino. What do you say? What do you know? Russ Salzberg. 
You've got uh, all kinds of fun guys like Howard Cross jumping in there and taking care of business. Find the show on the Giants mobile app on all the Giants popular podcast platforms. Detino is there. Sometimes you get Lance Meadow. He can keep going and going and going. But we want to get to a break because we want to take questions from our audience here. You're listening to Giants Divisional Playoff Preview presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants on the fan. It's Giants Playoff Preview live on the fan. Saquon takes the snap. Saquon bounces outside. Barkley's in for the touchdown, and the Giants have the lead with 6.08 to go. The home of New York Giants football is WFAN, the fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. We're at Hudson Hall in Jersey City. So glad you could join us. You know, I remember when I was a little kid. Um, way back. Way back. Way. I mean, way back. I, our youth football, the Giants sometimes would hold Saturday practice in Jersey City. And I remember we went... On a Saturday, and they invited, like, all these youth football programs from Bergen County. And I remember Wellington Mara kind of addressed everybody, and we got a chance to watch the Giants practice in Jersey City, like their walkthrough on a Saturday morning before a home game. So this is, like, 1973, 74, whatever, like, larger than life. Like, because, you know, the Giant games back then were blacked out. Were they Polo grounds? Where were they Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium. Stadium. I'm not that old. All right. All right. I'm not I mean, that just old. so you know, that was before Brandon and I were born. Last year. Yes. Yeah, thanks. It's last, it was, last year of Yankee Stadium, 73. Then they, you know, they went to the Yale Bowl and Shea before Giant Stadium opened. But, you know, the games were blacked out. Home games were blacked out. You had to listen on the radio unless the game was sold out. So, like, to be able to come to Jersey City and watch this Saturday morning walkthrough and see these guys was, like, Unbelievable, and it's so great that we have fans here tonight. Yeah. We got a Sean O'Hara jersey. Yeah, I, uh, I can't get over that. Bob, can I just say how ironic it is that you said for, for the Giants radio play-by-play guy to say you had to listen to the Giants games on radio? That just kind of sounded weird. Like, yeah, well, that's kind of how people are, I, list, people are choosing to listen to you now. Right, but that's how I kind of fell in love with the media. Hey, it all happens for a reason. The, like the Knicks, there was no cable. So you had to listen to a Nick or Ranger game or a Giant game on the radio. That yeah. was the only, I remember me and my dad raking leaves, having the radio outside plugged in. With the antenna. Yeah, That's raking awesome. leaves and listening to Giant games on the radio. All right, Bob, you talked about Max was so pumped up to get the Xavier McKinney jersey, right? Yeah. Who, who were you most excited to see that day when you went out to practice? Like, who were you, whose autograph were you begging for? I wasn't big in autographs, but I loved Brad Van Pelt, who wore number 10, he was one of the great linebackers, played at Michigan State. He was phenomenal, dominant player, all-pro, pro bowler, uh, who kind of made it up to the LT era but didn't stick around long enough to get a taste of, like, playoff success. So he was, he was the guy that I was most into and, way and, back then. And did you get to see him? Take yeah, a, take yeah, we saw him. You know, we watched him practice. But, like, it wasn't – wasn't as big a deal to get autographs like back because that's before the collectors thing kind of came into play. So you just went and you and it's like ah, I saw the guy. I got his and they came. Some of the players came and talked to us. 
about playing football and good sportsmanship and all that corny stuff that you get from the 70s. Um, but seeing Brad Van Pelt, seeing Bob Tucker, uh, Ron Johnson, the running back, who was a great player for the Giants at that point in time, uh, John Mendenhall, number 64, who was the nose guard. Like, and then Harry Carson was like a young player. Yeah. Um, that, that was fun. That was, that, was a, that was a really cool moment. But it's cool to see all these fans. Now people get a chance to interact with players on a more regular basis. And uh, I know Brandon London, you got some fans that want to ask some questions. I, got, I want to ask about the no cable, but let's get uh, to Giants questions. Uh, what's your name, my man? Where you're from? And go ahead, uh, keep it quick, and ask your questions to the panel. Hey, my name's Matt from Jersey City. Uh, one calendar year ago, we ran a QB sneak from our own end zone to clear a little room to punt. <laughs> so I think we could say this is a pretty unexpected, unexpected playoff run. What are, the, what are the vibes and the feelings around a team during an unexpected playoff run? And when, did you, when was the turning point where you actually felt like this could be for real? Well, I, I would never say as a, as a player that has took the grass to compete, I would never, ever in my life say unexpected because this is what we line up for come July. This is what we work for, uh, you know, from then to this point now. So unexpected, it'd be, it'd be a stretch for me to say that, but I predicted the Giants to win 12 games this year. Didn't quite happen, uh, but I definitely predicted them to win 12 games to be, to be honest with you, to be in this spot. Now, the Eagles have done some things that I didn't expect them to do as well. But I did expect the Giants to be in this very place. They got a new head coach, a new GM. They got a quarterback and a running back that had something to prove. They had two first-round draft picks at right tackle and left tackle who also have something to, to, you know, to prove. So this is you know, unexpected for myself. Yeah, this time last year, I think we all hit rock bottom, right, with that quarterback sneak. And, and I think it was on third down, right? Was, they did it. Was, yeah, they did it on second, second and down third two. down. Yeah, back to back. Never seen anything like that before. I mean, I think the, the belief and, and the, the change started week one. That win in Tennessee, uh, nobody expected the Giants, maybe, except for maybe Brandon, to go into Nashville and win that game and the way that they won it. So immediately, I think we all were like, okay, this is a different squad. This is a different coach, different team. We saw Saquon healthy again. But, look, when they started out 7-2, and two, I mean, that was when everybody started talking about, man, this team can make the playoffs and make the run. I think the belief outside of the building happens much later than the belief inside the building. And clearly, these players believed in themselves. The coaches believed in them. And I think it's just been a slow build, um, you know, for everybody. And, you know, look, for, for, for this team, it's when you start playing up against the best and you start seeing, all right, who are the best teams in the NFL and you get a chance to go up against them, that's their barometer. You get to say, all right, hey, look, we're just as good as them. We can hang with them. When we play good ball, when we're sloppy, when we don't take care of the football, when, you know, when we pee down our leg, like, look, we look just like some of these other teams that, just, that, that people are putting 40 burgers up on. Um, this team, I'm so impressed with how great of a job they do of getting the game into the fourth quarter and then no matter what the situation is, we need a field goal, we need a touchdown, and a two-point conversion. Um, whatever we need, they find a way to get it done. Yeah, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share that story that, uh, you know, before the Giants played the Cowboys on Monday Night Football here, Carl Banks and I are always on the field before the game because we have to do an on-the-field segment, and then it ends, and we kind of hang in and soak in the atmosphere a little bit. And 
We've obviously developed a relationship throughout training camp with Coach Dable, and we do the TV show with him, which you can watch on MSG throughout the course of the weekend, Coach Dable show presented by Stop and Shop. Um, and he walked over to Carl Banks and I, and he said, you know what I told the team? Well, Coach, he said, I told them, look, we ain't going to win any beauty contests. We all know that. We do not have a beauty contest team. We got a bunch of guys from all different places, but we believe in what we're doing. He says, and our goal, and I told him, let's take the Cowboys into the deep end of the pool and see if they can swim. And that's been their recipe. And now they, they took the Cowboys to the deep end of the pool in that game, and then they didn't make a couple plays and they lost. But that's been their DNA in every one of these games with the exception of the first Philadelphia game. And then the Lions game got out of hand a little bit. But basically for 15 games, that's the way they've played it. And they've developed – there's a reason why they've won all these one-score games. You know, it's, you win one or two by luck. You don't win nine by luck. You win because these guys, and they know better than me, there's a belief that exists internally that nobody else sees on the outside. Because there's not a single NFL player, even the guys on the Houston Texans or the Bears or whatever, when those guys go out to play every week, they believe that they can win. They're professional football players. Think of the funnel. Like if you played, the first time you played tackle football and you were in third or fourth grade, and then you were good enough to keep playing and playing. And then you were good enough to make it to high school. So think of your age group and the millions of people that put on pads for the first time. Now you're good enough to play freshman high school ball. Maybe you make the JV team. You get weeded out, and then you make varsity. And then of that group of millions of kids that play high school football, some are fortunate enough to go play in college, whether scholarship or walk-on. And then the draft comes. So every single person now that's in the NFL has bucked odds like none of us in the regular workforce can even imagine. They all believe that they can win. Like, these guys did it. He was an undrafted free agent. He was not a first-round draft pick. What round did you go in? I went fourth. Fourth round. Yeah, fourth round. Like, they made it through the funnel. So just think about it. Every Sunday when they kick off in the NFL, every guy made it through that funnel from their age group the millions of people that first put on the pads. So they all have a belief that sometimes on the outside, we don't perceive, we don't understand. We just don't understand it. And that's why you get upsets, and that's why you get teams that come out of nowhere, and you get teams that finish last the year before that go on and win a division. Good question. You got another one for us? Yeah. Uh, what's your name, where you're from, and what question do you have for the panel? Uh, Megan from Staten Island. Just to piggyback off of that, you know, that Green Bay game in London really just kind of changed the tone for my family, at least, in terms of where the season was going. But um, this is actually on behalf of my uncle in uh, Staten Island, he, uh, Brandon. He just wanted to ask, are you drawing any similarities between your uh, run as a team between uh, the Giants team this year? You know, just similarities in, you know, culture and, you know, just personality, anything that you're noticing as they're going into uh, Saturday? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, at the seating, number one. Uh, number two, uh, is it, again, is, is a team that beat the Giants twice early in the season, uh, and we got a chance to play them in a divisional round, just like we did in 2007 with Dallas. They beat us twice during the season. And we had a chance to come back and play them in, uh, as you would call it, Texas Stadium. And 
and we came out victorious. Uh, I, I, you know, I do think our teams were totally different. You know, we had a different makeup. We had a different head coach, and our and our bread and butter, were, you know, was a little bit different than what their bread and butter was uh, is. So I, I definitely see some similarities there. You know, there. But at the end of the day, no matter what's similar to one year to another, they got to line it up and they got to protect the trenches and and they got to play tough physical football. They got to bring their hard hat and lunch pail and they got to get it rocking. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, and as you kind of un, un unpack all of the things that kind of remind you of that 2007 season. I just kind of want to go back like, all right, so you mentioned number six seed, right? So this team has to go on the road just like we did in 07. You, you mentioned the London game, all right? In 2007, we played in the very first London game. That was the first international series game ever played. We played in that. This team did it as well. We got a big win against Miami. Um, obviously, the, the Packers game was a huge win. I think that trip in, in itself kind of gave us a little foreshadowing as to what's it, what it's like to play in the Super Bowl, right? Two teams playing at a neutral site. You go out there a couple days early. You've got a lot of distractions, a lot of things going on. You've got to really hyper-focus. So uh, that kind of set the table for us. I also think the other similarity is Daniel Jones in his fourth year. Eli was going into his fourth year. Guess what they were saying about Eli when we started out 0-2 in 2007? They said Eli was a bust. The New York Post had, I'll never forget it, the back page of it. After 0-2, Tom must go, Eli's a bust. They wanted to run Eli out just like they wanted to run Daniel Jones out. All right? And it wasn't until year four that everybody really kind of fell in love with Eli. So there's some parallels there with Daniel Jones. Um, I think when you look at the road to the Super Bowl, look, we, beat, we just beat Minnesota. All right? It was the road to redemption for them. We lost them earlier on this, this year. Philly, same thing. We did the same thing to Dallas, same thing to Green Bay, and then the same thing to Patriots in the Super Bowl. I think the last thing that I'll say is, anybody know where the Super Bowl is this year? It's in Arizona, where we won in 2007. So let's hope it's got the same ending. Good question. Good question. Um, you know, one of the things, too, like you look at all these like crazy numbers, stats, whatever. So um, in the Super Bowl era, there have been 21 games played in the postseason between a team that has a point differential of plus 125 or greater against a team that has a negative point differential. The Giants are minus six. So the team at plus 125 or better, the Eagles are plus 133, have a record of 18 and three. So like if you score a lot of points and you're playing against a team that's a negative in point differential, you know, the odds are you're going to win. But you know what? You know what the teams are that the three teams that had a negative point differential that beat a team in the playoffs with plus 125 or greater? His 11 Giants. They beat Green Bay where the point differential was that great. They beat San Francisco. They were plus 125. You guys were negative. And you beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So there's only one team with that point differential that's ever won a playoff game, and the Giants are the only team to do it, and they did it three times, all part of Super Bowl 46 run. So it's po every, anything is on the table. Anything is possible if the O-line plays, plays I mean, a kick-ass game. You, if you've got an offensive line that plays good football, man, I mean, I, I would always say, regardless of your record, you've got a chance to win a football game. If you've got, a good, if you got, five, if you got five, six guys with a guy that can come off the bench, with a solid tight end like we've had in Shockey and Kevin Boss, Bear Pasco, 
backyard, Ballard. I mean, we've had great guys, great guys blocking up front. And that's where I can credit, like, you know, like all of our success to. And I know we're going to get to the break, but, Sean, even last week, Minnesota goes down, Giants defer, Minnesota goes down, zip, 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 touchdown, 7 nothing. Decibel levels 125 in that USA Bank Stadium. Giants come back, 75 yards of their own, zip, 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 Saquon, 28, touchdown. They get the ball back, three and out. Giants go down and score. They get the ball back, three and out. Giants go on a 20-play, 10-minute and 52-second drive. That's how you take the Philadelphia crowd out of the game or the Minnesota crowd out of the game or whoever's crowd out of the game. When you're kicking there, that place was pretty quiet there for a lot of that first half because the O-line did their work. Yeah, I think it's twofold. It kind of silences the crowd a little bit. They're a little bit stunned. But it also gives your defense an edge. Now it's like, hey, man, offense is rolling. All right, let's pin our ears back and let's be aggressive. Um, that that big, Those big drives that you just mentioned kind of brings it back to Super Bowl 42. We started out the Super Bowl. It was the longest drive in the history of the Super Bowls to start the game. It was 10 minutes. Vince Wilford was stealing the air out of my lungs. He was so gassed. And so I, I think that's a big part of how you win football games. That's what they call our way. Draft season is the Giants' year-long NFL draft podcast. John Schmelk and Tony Pauline keep fans of all NFL teams up with the latest on the top prospects entering the NFL draft. And, folks, come on, let me hear a round of applause. How nice is it to not be picking in the top ten? I mean, I love the fact that when we do our draft show on MSG and the Giants' uh, media mobile platforms, We'll be late in the night until the Giants make a pick. Thank God I got it'll tired. Be like, it'll be like 11 o'clock. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I don't care if it's closer to midnight. <laughs> it's all part of the Giants Podcast Network. Find the show on the Giants mobile app, Giants.com slash podcast, and on all popular podcast platforms. We're at Hudson Hall in Jersey City, New Jersey. Giant fans are fired up. We're going to continue answering your questions. Along with Sean O'Hara and Brandon Jacobs, I'm Bob Papa. It's Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. More to come here on The Fan. It's Giants Playoff Preview Live on The Fan. Jones rolls to his left, gets a block from Thomas. He's to the five. Jones races in. Touchdown, Giants. The home of New York Giants football is WFAN. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. So glad you could join us at Hudson Hall in Jersey City along with Sean O'Hara and Brandon Jacobs. I'm Bob Poppins, Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, official bank of the New York Giants. Getting you set for the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles here on the fan and enjoying uh, chatting with the fans. You know, um, we talked a little bit about Our Way, you know, the Our Way T-shirts and the slogan and kind of sums up the history of the Giants. I was in the cafeteria for the regular season finale in Philadelphia. Now, a great think tank team was kind of gathered. Don Sperling, Christine Beluyo. You know, they're trying to come up with, uh, along with the team, Matt Swenson. Michael Becton, who uh, is like the man. You know, during COVID, he was embedded with the team, you know, because of the protocols. And the guy basically lived with the team for like two years because they're because of the vaccine and, and COVID and everything, everything was separated. You couldn't have contact. But Beckton had to, like, basically give up his life right. 
to be embedded with the team and shoot all that video and be around him. And when the coaches would do their pressers, he's the guy that would mic them up along with the other guys. And it was only a select few that were allowed in. He had that tier one status. And, uh, I, I, you know, our way, I think, was as, the, as our team came up with the concept, Becton, our way. I think that's, that's Mikey B's. That was his idea he brought to the table. So round of applause for Michael Beckton. Good job, Mike B. Yeah, I thought it was going to be F, yeah. That was what uh, Gable said. I heard on the season, but they wanted to keep it PG. Brandon, you got another question for us. Oh, the Sean O'Hara jersey. Yes, sir. Uh, we, I love the jersey, my man. Uh, so your name, where you're from, where'd you get the jersey, and then get into your question real fast, real fast. My name is Jack. I'm from Belmar, New Jersey. I got this jersey on a third-party website because the NFL will not do apostrophes. There and you, you got, got the Zubaz going, too. Darn right That's, I do. That is old school. That's 90s Giants, Super Bowl 25. Absolutely. So my question for you guys is, when the Giants beat the Eagles, who would you rather see them play in the NFC Championship game, the 49ers or the Cowboys? San Francisco 49ers. I got to be honest. I mean, I, I would love for them to see the San Francisco 49ers uh, at that point in the playoffs, uh, just being a guy who know the game, who loves the sport, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys are a really strong outfitted team. They, you know, both offense and defense. You know, you don't know who you're gonna get in Dak Prescott, but I think they're a really good football team and maybe one of the best, if not the best, football team playing in the National Football League right now. So I would definitely rather the New York Giants beat Philadelphia and travel over to Levi Stadium and play the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, that's a tough question. I love the optimism. And, you know, look, I, I think for Giants fans, the chance after beating the Eagles to get to go down to Jerry's world and to have a chance to knock them out in the NFC Championship game, uh, I think that's like that's a win to the second degree right there. It's, it's, it's almost like a double win. Uh, the 49ers defense right now, I mean, they're, they're lights out. And they're, they're phenomenal. I mean, Nick Bosa is, is – uh, he's a one-man wrecking crew, uh, so it's it certainly will be tough sledding against that defense. Look, the Cowboys with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, you know, they've got some guys that get after quarterback too. But um, you know, look, I, I think in that situation, give me somebody that we know really well. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan, his offense. One of the tough things about going up against that offense is he does probably more pre-snap shifts and motions than any team in the NFL. And even, even though it's Brock Purdy, they're basically their third quarterback this season. Um, you know, they've got some weapons, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Uh, there's a lot of wrinkles that it would, be, it would be hard to game plan against, and we're seeing that transpire before our eyes. But uh, I think to get to going down to Dallas, a familiar environment, you know the team, you know the players, you know the scheme. Um, I, I think that that would be a good fit. Good question. Let's get there first, right? I mean, if you want to go karma – if you want to go past karma, I think you would say San Francisco because, you know, in 07, after beating a division champ, you guys went and beat the number one seed in the divisional round, which was Dallas. And then when you went to Green Bay, they were the number two seed, yeah. which is what San Francisco is. And then if you want to draw the correlation to 2011, you know, you won the NFC Championship game, Brandon, in San Francisco. So, but that's neither here. It's going to be hard either way. But let's have that problem. Let's do it next week. Let's, let's talk about it. Right. That's the problem we want to have yeah, is figuring out how to win the NFC Championship game. White-collar problems, right? Yeah, first things first, Philadelphia. Brandon? And I hate the Cowboys, by the way. Oh, I can't yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I waiting for Hey, who do you hate? But, 
Who do you hate more, the Cowboys or Rex Ryan? I got. I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> there you go. You know, so. <laughs> uh, when you scored at Texas Stadium and fired that football, I thought you were going to break the, the, yeah, the, the game light. clock. Yeah. I, found that, I found that football about three days ago in my basement, and I looked at it because we were moving. And, and I looked at it, and I'm like, this, this football, like, and I see these little circles on it. I told my <laughs> wife, I said, this is the ball I threw against this, the, the play clock in Dallas. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, this is it. So it's pretty cool to find the ball. We gotta get that in the case. Man. Yeah, right. Yeah, or eBay. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> it's like a trip down memory lane. All right, what's your, uh, what's your name, my man? Where are you from, and what question do you have for the guys? My name is Anthony from Jersey City. Uh, Brandon, a lot of the times you set the tone by running over a linebacker, or a safety, Al Harris at Lambeau. Um, who do you think has to be the tone setter, or who do you think is going to be the tone setter in this game on Saturday? I don't think it'll be a one-person tone setter in this in this game. I think if we get the football first, um, I think we go down, you know, like Sean discussed earlier, 10-minute drive, just keep the Eagles offense off the field and just punish them, even if we take three, because that's, you know, it's still, you know, you just demoralize, just going down the field, 80-yard, uh, 85-yard drive or whatever it is, and, you know, and end up getting points at the end of the day. I think that's even more of a tone setter than somebody being run over or, or stiff-armed or something like that. So I'm talking about going down the field, taking nine, ten minutes off the clock, and, and you know, and coming away with points. I'm glad you brought up that tone setter because I'll, I'll never forget the sound when Brandon Jacobs ran over Charles Woodson on that first play in Green Bay. I think the decal on Charles Woodson's helmet like off. popped off. Yeah. And I don't think he knew he played in that game. He, th he, he stood up, and he thought he was Batman, like from the Snickers commercial. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if there was going to be a tone setter, it's Saquon. And I think we've seen him running like the Saquon we saw his, his rookie year. He's running over guys. Um, he's running with power, so I can see him do it. But just remember that, like, Daniel Jones has had some big-time runs against Philadelphia. Obviously, there was the big run, you know, a couple years ago where – he, uh, you know, kind of stumbled a little bit. I think he's looking for some redemption. So he could actually be the guy that makes that emphatic run. And we actually saw, you mentioned stiff arm. We saw Daniel Jones with a little stiff arm yeah, on, so on, on, out. on Patrick throw, throw Peterson. Out. Yeah. So the whole tone setting thing that came with us when, uh, we, you know, when we played Green Bay, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes I sit and I think about it. I'm like, well, I set the tone for our team. And then it just, it just it lit a fire under everyone. You know, but I think a, a, a better fire would have been lit if I just gave him a hesitant step inside as he was coming in with all his momentum. He was running, I think it was 36 slam or something like that. He yeah. came in, the, the wide receiver was going to get the safety. He was coming off the butt of the wide receiver full speed. So I think all I had to do was give him a little hesitant step in. He was coming flying in all out of control, which is why he never got, you know, getting run over like that. But he was the last line of containment. So if I'd have given him a step to the inside and went outside, I could have ran down the field for 30, 40 yards. And yeah. that could have been a tone setter too, but I ran through him. BJ, I, when did you ever juke anybody? You always ran him over. I'm going to run you <laughs> off. I'm going to run straight over you. But that yeah, one was we, easy. We, we saw, Brandon, you can make a miss. You don't have to. Brandon would break through the hole, and he would run at the safety. We were like, no, you can run <laughs> up the sideline. It's okay to run away from it. He's like, no, no, I'm running that guy over. All right, next question, Brandon. LaRon Landry also felt it from you oh, as well, uh, Brandon yeah. Jacobs. And he kicked him. <laughs> What's your name, my man? Where are you from? And uh, what question? I'm Pat from Jersey City here. Sadly, I was kind of following up on those two things. For Mr. Jacobs here, that 
run over of Leron Landry. He's my favorite of your career. I was going to ask you, comparatively to the, the Packers one, do you have a personal favorite along with Mr. O'Hara? I mean, too many pancakes to mention. Can't really talk about it. I know you do your top ten on TV, but you never put yourself in it. You need to. And, Papa, thank you so much for coming to Jersey City to hang out with us. A pleasure to be here. Um, my best run over, I, I got to say, uh, because he was a bigger, a bigger guy, I got to go, and, and, and most people might be like, really, just that? I got to go with Brian Erlacher because he was six foot three, 260 pounds like myself, six foot, you know, somewhere around there. He was pursuing to the ball, had no idea. I was about to put my foot in the ground and turn up field and ran through him. I think that's my favorite one. Hmm. Good stuff, yeah. Too, too many to remember for me. You got one? Who, who, is, one, who is one that you love so, going against? All right, so... I mean, look, I, I, I lost some brain cells going against Trotter, Jeremiah Trotter, the linebacker for the Eagles. There was one game in particular that I think we were all really jazzed up to play, and that was the Baltimore Ravens in 2008. Um, you know, we were kicking butt and taking names that year, and I'll never forget leading up to that game. I think we had rushed for 200 yards either in back-to-back games or consecutively going up to that. And, you know, they were asking Baltimore's defense, you know, how are you going to stop this Giants rushing attack? And they're like, you know, they're not going to run for 100 yards on us. This man took the ver- opening handoff, I think 57 yards, was it? Mm-hmm. So you know, right out of the gate, we were like, oh, we're running on you. And that game was one of my favorite games because we talked so much, you know what, so much smack. And we were talking to Ray Lewis. We, I mean, we, we were running down their throats. And I think it was, there was a run down in the end zone. I don't know if it was you or if it was Ahmad. We scored a touch on him, and I drove Ray Lewis into the end zone, and, like, we both kind of went to the ground. And I got up, and I, t- I said a-, a couple of choice words to him, and I walked back to the, to the sideline, and I was like, that was pretty freaking cool. I just, I just trash-talked a Hall of Famer, one of the best linebackers ever played the game. Uh, we walked out of that game feeling like we were Debo from Friday when we, uh, we, we owned the neighborhood that day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, like- that, and that's why you've got to be careful about stats. Right, because the Ravens had not given up a hundred yard rusher in twenty eight games. games. And technically the streak remained. As a matter of fact, the streak remained because Ahmad had like ninety six and he got hurt. Brandon, you had like ninety two mm-hmm. and Derek Ward had like eighty eight. So no one broke a hundred individually, so their streak continued. And that was something like you'd watch the games and say, the Ravens haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. Well, what about the 238 the Giants threw up on them the week before? <laughs> like, that doesn't count? So you gotta, that, that's always something you've got to be careful about stats. Yeah, and, and Coach Coughlin, Coach Gilbride, like all of those guys, like given the fact that they didn't allow 100-yard rusher, I, I was eight yards away, and they would not let me get it. <laughs> they would not let me get it. So I'm like, it is what it is. We got the win. They came in here thinking that they was going to, you know, walk all over us. At the end of the day, they, like, they thought us being good in our record, it was, a, you know, it was a mirage, but obviously it wasn't, and, and they felt every bit of it. And we actually, if you ask me, I really thought they were a soft that, you know, a soft that game. Yeah, the Carolina game, too. Yeah. I mean, you ran it down their throats in that one. Next question. You see the hat he's got on right here, the Super Bowl 42 hat. What's your name? Where are you from? And what question do you have for the guys? Hey, guys. How's it going? I'm Matt, and I live around the corner. Um, I wanted to know what you guys thought uh, that Wink in the defense's game plan should be to stop a dynamic player like Jalen Hurts as well as their run game. 
I don't know if the Giants, I don't, I don't think I've seen them do this multiple times like this year, but I think a great way to slow them down to come out in the three down front because they're going to be, they're going to be pass heavy. And Jay and Jalen Hurts, as we know, is going to run around and move the pocket. Um, I think we need to, do, you know, go with some kind of uh, two zone and, and get a double team up on Brown. And, and I think, you know, and try to, you know, and I guess just, just try to find a way to stop the run, you know, just a little bit that they do. Um, I say play, a th- you know, a three down front and, and send pressure from, you know, you know, uh, various ways. Yeah, I think every defensive coordinator, when you're playing the Eagles, it's all right. We've got to contain the run game, contain Jalen Hurts. You know, from a game plan standpoint, you know, Wink Martindale, it's been no secret. He, he, the Giants have blitzed more than any defense in the league. I feel like they scaled it back a little bit against Minnesota. And part of it was probably Dory Jackson coming back. He traveled pretty much with Justin Jefferson. I think he covered him on 85% of their passing plays, I expect a similar kind of game plan. Um, the challenge with this, though, as a defense coordinator is, on third down, you've got to have a spy. You've got to have a spy rusher. So, you know, I'll be curious to see what one of the things Wink has done a lot this year when he has a mobile quarterback is he'll take the linebackers off the field and put an extra safety and extra corner. So you end up with six DBs out there because you just want more speed out there. One of those guys will be designated to spy Jalen Hurts so that he doesn't you know, step up in the pocket, and all of a sudden he's running all over the place. Um, that's going to be something that I think they're going to have a plan for. Yeah, I think the other thing too, right, is, um, you know, you don't want to let Miles Sanders get going, so try to contain the run. And Hurts is going to make some plays with his legs, whether it's a broken play or a design play. But I think early in the game, the Giants have to be physical with him. And they got to get a lot of people to the ball, and they got to make them feel every run. Because nobody knows how healthy or not healthy he really is. He hasn't played a lot of football since he got hurt in the first quarter of that Bears game the week after they beat the Giants at MetLife Stadium. When you have a guy that's got some ring rust on him or whatever, you've got to pound him. Mm-hmm. You've got to pound him and pound him and pound him and pound him and see how he reacts to it. I think that's a key component in all this. I think you're saying make Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Well, you don't want to hurt anybody. But hey, you want to listen, punish listen, them. Listen. Can you say that? This is a gladiator game, Bob. We all know what it is. We took the field. Number two is not as good as number one. Let's get, <laughs> his, let's get him out of here. All right. <laughs> Bring on so you, you, you believe the Giants are winning? Yes, I think the Giants are winning. I'm going to go off and say the New York football Giants will beat the Philadelphia Eagles 28-24. to Sean, you think they're winning? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watching them do it their way. There you go. So for Sean O'Hara, Brandon Jacobs, we want to thank Xavier McKinney and Andrew Thomas for joining us, our entire crew. Thank you, Giants fans here in Jersey City, representing Hudson County in the house. You've been listening to Giants Divisional Preview Live, presented by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants, here on The Fan. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.